0: Everybody. welcome to Save Your Sorry, the podcast where we talk about the rise and fall of your favorite, or rather, least favorite celebrities. I am your host, Katrina Shell, here with my co-host and best friend, Jose Angel. Hello. Hello, hello. How are you?
1: Oh, you know the usual, cold as ice.
0: Ooh, icebox where your heart used to be.
1: <laughs> well, so on today's um, episode, yeah. we are I'm going to be... To inter-
0: you just kept going, too. Never mind. You, It's your episode. You're right. Let me okay. hand the reins over. Mama shut
1: up. Thanks so much. I'm leaving that it. So in today's episode, we're doing things a little bit different. Yes. Well, kind of. Oh. Today was supposed to be a hodgepodge of celebrities that had a secret love child.
0: Yes, we talked about that.
1: Yes. While I will be sticking somewhat to that theme, the first story I was working on just kept uncovering things. And I was like, whoa this will be an injustice for them not to get a full episode. So Uh, it has become focused on just one person.
0: Oh, okay. I ain't mad at that.
1: And while we are talking about a loved child, we are going to use our shit-talking powers for good and talk about the people involved in the affair and not the child.
0: Yes, child's off-limits.
1: Yeah, because at the end of the day, the child didn't do anything wrong. He was just conceived out of an affair but he can't control that
0: i mean the child is fine it's the parents that are shitters.
1: <laughs> so i do want to stress why we will not be talking bad about joseph Bena, but more of his father
0: <laughs> i'm sorry when you said the name i knew who you we are talking about <laughs> oh that's my next
1: question do you know
0: yes uh we're talking about our Ar- uh arnold schwarzenegger just... <laughs> <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> sounds, either, sounds bad either way
1: It really does So yes we will be talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs>
0: <laughs> you trying so hard I respect it
1: That's the only time I'm to say his last name for this episode <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're to be Arnold
1: Arnie Arnold Arnie <laughs> For those of you who don't know who Arnold is, he's the Terminator. He was the fir- in the first Predator movie. He was in Jingle All the Way, Total Recall, and he was Governor of California. And if are you're you- my
0: mama, he was Conan the Barbarian.
1: Ooh, are you a fan of Arnold's?
0: Um, no, no. And it's really? not—he's a good or a bad person, but like I've said before. I have a like a good handful of action movies that I like, but I'm not an action person, and that was his genre. And even his little comedies, like Jingle All the Way, was a, people like that. Nah, not my thing. I like Terminator 2, though.
1: Ah, I can't lie. I love some old Arnold movies.
0: You did have a little mini collection back in the day.
1: Yeah, I just feel they are a cornerstone of my childhood, so there's a strong sense of nostalgia when I watched them. And Jingle All the Way used to be my favorite Christmas movie. Really? Uh-huh.
0: Okay. One of these days, maybe. I'll yeah. watch it.
1: So Arnold was born July 30th, 1947, making him a Leo, which makes sense to me. He had exude strong Leo energy.
0: Yes, I can see that. Also, damn, he's a year older than my grandparents
1: <laughs> my next line was I'm kind of surprised how old he is <laughs> <laughs> we're just on the same page we are yeah I don't know if that means he looks good for his age or just he's been kind of had a long career but either way
0: he got the I was money surprised. to look okay I mean he he went through some scandals so I know that if he stayed with his natural body maybe he'd be looking a little more worse for the wear. <laughs> but he's been snatched
1: his father gustav was a nazi and arnold claims his father was oftentimes drunk and abusive to the family
0: surprise nazis <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's fucked up though
0: to literally be able to say yeah my father was an actual nazi
1: <laughs> yeah gustav preferred and favored arnold's older brother and there has been suspicion that it's because he is not biologically arnold's dad but this is just a rumor or an unfound suspicion. Okay. The family grew up poor, and I don't know if it was the poorness or the time, but one of the highlights of Arnold's life was when his family was able to purchase a refrigerator.
0: Damn. The thing about that is crazy. Life without a refrigerator.
1: That whole beginning is crazy. To think that there's people in this world that their father was a Nazi, like, it seems so far away, but it's really not exactly yeah and then the refrigerator thing—it's like okay
0: yeah nazi why can't you afford a refrigerator i mean jesus what are you doing
1: <laughs> growing up arnold played sports but it wasn't until he was about 15 that he really got into bodybuilding at 17 he does start competing in competitions in 1965 arnold is in the austrian army because it was mandated by the government but he would go awol to in- attend a bodybuilding contest And this caused him to spend a week in military prison.
0: Oh, damn. Hope it was worth it.
1: Yeah, I guess it was. I mean, considering where he is at now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I I didn't even think about that. (laughs) He's, he's, He's sitting right there in his mansion like, God damn, I wish I wouldn't have went. (laughs) <laughs> hey, wow! Well, that really fucked me up.
1: <laughs> How she ever did get that job with that on his record? <laughs> he never recovered. Damn it. In 1971, Arnold's brother would sadly pass from a drunk driving incident. Mm. He he was the driver. In 1972, Arnold's father passed away from a stroke and Arnold did not attend the funeral. He said in the documentary film Pumping Iron, he missed the funeral because he was training for a bodybuilding contest. But years later, Arnold and the producer have both come forward saying they took this story from another bodybuilder and used it for Arnold. But the fact of the matter is, Arnold did miss his father's funeral.
0: <laughs> but maybe <it> was... <laughs> I'm sorry, this is not... Well, fuck it, he was a Nazi, I can laugh. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's what is throwing me off. It's like, <laughs> where they did they take that story initially to make it? So, he's so dedicated, but you really sound like it's just like. Maybe there's a deeper reason, but he's like, nah, nah, nah it was the competition.
1: Yeah. <laughs> not think... your
0: troubled relationship with your... No, it was the competition. <laughs> like <laughs> you don't really want to discuss why you actually missed your father's funeral.
1: Well, the documentary was about bodybuilding, so they, that's probably why they did it.
0: Yeah, but that's such a dumbass reason. I mean, <laughs> come on. If you're gonna if you're gonna talk about it, talk about it. If not, why would you even <laughs> put that dumbass insert in there? I'd view it as even more idiotic. For that little, oh, you missed it for a body... And you couldn't even explain, like, well, yeah, uh, I don't really fuck with my father, but I loved body, bodybuilding. I'm like, oh, well, that, that meant, now that you mention it, yeah, okay.
1: but Yeah. Mm. So 1970 to 1975, Arnold wins Mr. Olympia title six years in a row and then retires. Just come out of retirement and win it again in 1980.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I'm tired of seeing that puny winner coming <laughs> back, bitch.
1: I do think that is like a boss move, though.
0: Oh yeah, if he can still win it coming out of retirement,
1: I still got it type of thing, yeah.
0: But if I'm a youngin, like if I'm one of the people who were in the competition when he unretired, I'm like sad, old man, just can't give it up. <laughs> <laughs> he knew he couldn't do anything against me.
1: There are also more competitions he won, but from my limited knowledge, I believe Mister Olympia is like the top. But i could be wrong
0: oh yeah i could tell you probably swept a whole bunch of fucking smaller awards if not the big ones
1: yeah hercules in new york was arnold's first film while he was in the starring role his voice was dubbed over
0: and we, we know why
1: <laughs> his english was probably worse like he has a thick accent but mm-hmm. his english was probably a lot worse
0: at that time
1: Yeah. So, Arnold met his future wife, Maria Shriver, at a Robert F. Kennedy tennis tournament in 1977. This was very early on in Arnold's career, and Maria is a Kennedy and was also a journalist. They would date for eight years, and Arnold would propose in 1985, which already is longer than a lot of Hollywood relationships. To
0: be fair, yeah.
1: Yeah, eight years time. A lot of these loves are already married, divorced twice over. So for them mm-hmm. to still be dating and now just getting engaged is kind of impressive.
0: I just wish I knew what Mar- Maria Shriver was thinking. Like that, I re- I wish I could see her other boyfriends, honestly, before she got to Arnold. Like, what was your type, girl? I have to know.
1: What does that mean? <laughs> Can you explain?
0: Because I'm just looking at this Maria Shriver, journalist, well-to-do family, just coming across this big-ass, muscly man, and her vagina saying, yes, I want to be thrown around. And then it just <laughs> turned into, like, a long-ass relationship. <laughs> I, just, I just have to know, like, what was on your mind, girl?
1: Maybe just that. She wanted to be thrown around, and it turned into something.
0: Oh, life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: I'm sorry. I've been drinking.
1: <laughs> April 26, 1986, Arnold and Maria end up getting married, and December 1989, they would have their first child, Catherine. Fun fact. Today, Catherine is married to actor Chris Pratt. Yeah. (laughs) 1991, they have another child named Christina. 1993, Arnold and Maria have their son, Patrick. And 1997, they would have their last son, Christopher. This whole time, Arnold is rising in celebrity status. He had a few films before Meeting Maria, but for the most part, his career took off after. Some of the Mm -hmm. films are Conan the Barbarian in 1982. It's sequel in 1984. The Terminator in 1984, Predator in 1987, Twins in 1998, Total Recall in 1999, Kindergarten Cop in 1990, which, love that movie, Jingle All The Way in 1996, and a lot more. So, in 2003, Arnold is sworn in as Governor of California.
0: Mm-hmm. what do you think when- Do you remember him winning this at all? I know this is- we were young, but...
1: I do remember him winning it. I wasn't, like, in tune to politics
0: yeah of course me neither. <laughs> me neither i just kept thinking it was like because you know i didn't know history so you know uh who is it uh who was the movie star before um Ronald Reagan. yeah uh, i was just like how how the fuck a, how the fuck a actor can become uh a governor I, and then i was like uh don't he gotta be from the united states and then i was just confused but then i was like oh that's the president I was very, I just didn't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we were very young then. But speaking of actor, surprisingly, he was also in Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines in 2003, which that's pretty close together, which was surprising to me. Like, was he doing press for the film at the same time that he was running for office? Yeah, it had to be a little bit of that. Do you think being in a movie that close to his political career hurt or helped him get elected?
0: Probably helped him. I mean he's the governor he was the governor of California. Yeah. And they voted for him anyway. So <laughs> they were like, Oh my God, I'm gonna vote for this new Terminator governor. Was a like, Republican oh, governor. A Republican Terminator governor. (laughs) I couldn't believe that either when I found that out. But, well, actually I could have. I I don't know why I didn't. So, yeah, I think that definitely boosted his profile because it was only Californians who were voting. And I think that was something that they either really cared about or didn't care about enough. And that's their governor.
1: Me, personally, I don't think I could vote for someone who is on the big screen i'm not opposed to actors becoming politicians i just think for me personally there needs to be more of a space from when they were acting to when they took office i agree that's just me yeah okay
0: (laughs) yeah i agree there should be a lot of space and i think there should be a actual change in how i view you versus how i viewed you in the entertainment world
1: a lot of those voters they're just like It's the terminator, the governator we're we're voting for him. Oh my God,
0: we're calling that motherfucker a governator.
1: Uh So 2007, Arnold is sworn in again as governor of California for a second term. Maria's right by his side. A little fun fact, we won't get into his politics, but he did enter office with a record high of 65 approval rating. Mm. But when he left, he left with a record low with only 23% approval rating. (laughs) <laughs> also, some pretty important information I stumbled upon doing my research for Arnold when it was just about his love child mm-hmm. is that he was accused by six women over a 30-year period of touching them in a sexual manner without their consent. And I got this information from the Los Angeles Times.
0: Mm-hmm. How many of those things were settled?
1: We're getting to it.
0: <laughs>
1: Four of the women who came forward wished to not be named because they worked in Hollywood, and this was before the Me Too era. Oh fuck, man! These allegations came out during his 2003 run for the governor, and the LA Times said they did not receive the information from a political opponent. Which at the time, it's what Arnold's team was saying that it was a smear campaign and it was not true. Mm-hmm. The LA Times also says. The women did not approach them, but rather they discovered the women during a seven-week investigation because there were murmurs of Arnold being inappropriate or misogynistic towards women. Yeah. Arnold has said he respects women and that many of his comments were made in jest or simply meant to be provocative. So... With that statement, let's go over some of these allegations and see if we believe they were made in jest. In 1975, a woman claims she was watching her husband work out at the gym when Arnold approached her from behind, reached under her shirt, and touched her left breast. And she was not wearing a bra. She does say maybe Arnold was just being playful, but she was shocked and told her husband. Robbie Robinson, who is a bodybuilder, the husband, he tried to comfort her, but he never confronted Arnold because he was afraid of being shunned in the bodybuilding community. A little side note, Robbie Robinson and another man named Rick Wayne, both bodybuilders, Mm -hmm. have said that Arnold is anti-Black and would be dropping the N-word when referring to a Black person. Rick Wayne saying that while talking about the South African government, Arnold said, quote, If you give these Blacks a country to run, they would run it down the tubes. Wayne also said that Arnold would make Jewish jokes and... But he doesn't think he's racist, but just part of his sense of humor. Wayne said, quote, Today I don't necessarily think he's a racist. How are you a racist and have a black guy as your friend?
0: Oh my God, so many things to learn, (laughs) young Padawan.
1: So there are also these rumors of racism, but let's get back to the woman. In 1980, a woman who was 22 at the time and a pro beach volleyball player was walking down the street when Arnold called her over to his car. She had met Arnold before when she was working as a waitress and while working, Arnold had asked her, when her break was and told her they would have a lot of fun in half an hour and invited her to his apartment. The woman was a little flattered, a little scared, but declined the offer. So this time when he saw her and called her over and said, now you are come to my apartment. She told him it was not going to happen. And he told her to come closer. He had something important to tell her and then grabbed and squeezed her left breast. She claimed she told him, if I was a man, I would bust your jaw, and he laughed, and she teared up and walked away and cried in her car.
0: Fucking weirdly specific creep.
1: Yeah, it's kind of... That's two women, left breast. Anna Richardson said in 2001, she interviewed Arnold and previous interviews. He was always kind, but this time he kept looking at her breasts. And at the end, Arnold pulled her onto his knee and said... Before you go, I want to know if your breasts are real. She says she told them they are real and looked around for help, but no one came to help her. Anna claims Arnold then circled her left nipple with his finger and said, Yes, they are real. And then let her go. Arnold's publicist denies these allegations and said Anna came towards Arnold after the interview and cupped her right breast and asked Arnold, What do you think of these and sat on Arnold's lap, and then she was escorted out of the room. So, a story that is debated, but now that we have history, he does seem to have a thing for the left breast. What?
0: After the interview, she came over to him and just said, what do you think about these, and sat on his lap. And and after she got done sitting on his lap, they escorted her out yeah man these so, are terrible stories but...
1: that yeah anna does end up suing for a libel and does get a non slow settlement
0: the last one right
1: yeah the the interviewer
0: because they lied
1: the, exactly that's exactly why
0: they made no fucking <laughs> oh lord i'm knew that Arnold was nasty. (laughs) just knew it. I didn't fucking watch Jingle all the way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Another woman said in the 80s she was a movie studio secretary. She met Arnold with her supervisor who was also a woman. They were talking and when they went to leave the woman got up to shake Arnold's hand and she claims he put his hand under her skirt and grabbed her right ass cheek for about 20 seconds. And then Arnold told her, you have a nice ass, I'd love to work you out. She said her supervisor would apologize and say she didn't know that would happen. And the woman replied it was no big deal because she thought it was strange and she felt embarrassed. And she claimed she retold the story for years to warn others. Arnold
0: and Donald Trump, they like seem like the same type of person.
1: Ooh, kind of. I mean, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Like the entitlement, everything around me I can have potentially or is mine to do with what I want. But I'm also a family man.
1: Yeah. In 1990, during the filming of Terminator 2... A crew member claims after filming, she would go down to the pool and would be wearing a robe over a black one-piece bathing suit. She claims on at least three different occasions, Arnold would happen to ride in the elevator with her and would try to pin her against the corner of the elevator while pulling her bathing suit down. She said the incidents didn't last long because it was a short ride, and when she told her boss, they told her, just stay away from him. Uh... She said she started looking down the hallway to make sure Arnold was not there before getting on the elevator. And that if she was in the pool and Arnold came to it, she would leave.
0: All these like bosses and supervisors and shit also should be fucking ashamed of themselves. Like, why are we protecting this asshole, governor, actor, depending on whatever fucking role he was in at this time? It's like we could put this down on paper and report it. We could make it a major scene, but it's like, uh, I'm just going to apologize on his behalf, and you stay away.
1: Yeah, that one woman, the one who said that he grabbed her ass under her skirt, she said the door was open, and people looked in, but quickly looked out. Like, when it happened.
0: Yeah. Mm -mm. It's no safe haven.
1: And she still works in the film industry, this woman in the elevator. So, she wanted to make sure she was unnamed. huh Another crew member on Terminator 2 claims Arnold was in a director's chair and there's three or four men around him. He calls over to this crew member, come here, you sexy devil. And when she gets closer, he pulls her onto his lap and then whispers in her ear, have you ever had a man slide his tongue in your anus? She says she didn't know how to react and that the three or four men that were standing there just laughed and smiled. Lord
0: she, Jesus Christ.
1: She said she didn't report it because she was a low-level crew member and the attitude around set was, isn't it flattering that Arnold is paying attention to you?
0: And Arnold is not all that, man. Um, To me, this man look like a fucking brick.
1: I think so it's... Why be- would
0: we be flattered? And, and it's also... Ugh, it's just... Like and then I'd be wrong if have you ever had a knife in your throat? And then I'm arrested.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it it really goes to show you know, because this was before Me Too era. If you know, if this happened today, he would definitely be called out for it. And I feel like a lot of people who do call out the Me Too stuff kind of let Arnold slide because mm-hmm. I never really hear about these allegations.
0: I just had this innate feeling that he was always creepy. And then of course the whole love child situation, I do remember that all being unfolded and, and being revealed. So I just knew that he also wasn't on the up and up as like a like a spouse as a gentleman. But like hearing these stories, now you just, it's like, you know for sure that there was something there and he fully didn't get all the repercussions that this he deserved. He really did get a pass. He became a, a a fucking political figure before and after these allegations. Before yeah. and, after and during.
1: So the woman did tell family members and one family member that the LA Times talked to said, Arnold thought it was kind of fun to toy with her. It embarrassed her. There are more stories out there, maybe not touching, but Arnold saying crude things to women. Like one woman said she was serving him and his friends at a cafe. And Arnold told her, I want you to go in the bathroom, stick your finger in your vagina, and bring it out to me. And it's just, like, little things like that where it's, like... I... I The entitlement of women are... I don't know, he's treating women like they're his toys, like his playthings, and... I agree. At the time of the allegations came out, Arnold said on ABC Oh, sorry, News, that's my cat, jinx. <laughs> at the time of the allegations came out, Arnold said on ABC News, quote sorry i am sorry about it let me tell you something no one ever came to me in my life and said to me when i did anything i don't want you to do that and you went over the line now all of a sudden isn't it all that three days and four days before the campaign all of a sudden these women want to have an apology isn't it (sighs) off
0: i mean bro there was a reason why you didn't get talked they didn't say shit to you for all this time and sometimes victims have to wait until their their perpetrators are in a vulnerable state to get some sort of justice or to reveal their stories because they've been so high up they haven't been able to to share or they've been silenced before. Yeah, it's just such a like a, a asshole way of answering.
1: Nobody he, in my life. is... He was this A list actor, and most of these women are crew members or waitresses like yes people he
0: just meets casually fans or they could be passed off as fans like he he picks like most people they pick their quote-unquote victims wisely
1: arnold would later say in 2018 that he felt bad and stepped over the line several times with women he would say when i became governor i wanted to make sure no one including me ever makes this mistake That's why we took sexual harassment courses to have a clear understanding from a legal point of view of what is accepted and what is not.
0: (laughs) That sounds so much more creepier and nastier. It's like, I have been a creep. I have been disgusting. So when I became in a big position of power, I had to know the law to the letter to make sure that I didn't get sued or pushed out of this office. That makes no sense because here's the thing, honestly treat women with respect and don't or or treat people treat everybody with respect and don't make sexual innuendos and inappropriate jokes or touch people without their permission and consent that's really all that you really need to know so to say that you needed to focus so hard to make sure you you weren't sexually assaulting people sounds crazy
1: it it really does i know a lot of people might say where he's moved on, he learned, let him grow.
0: He was 30 and 40 and 50 doing this <laughs> exactly. shit. This old-ass action star was doing this nasty-ass shit with, this, with these nasty-ass ideals about women and different races and was just like going through life. And now that he's 60, 70, he's like, yeah, I can really, really say I was wilding out there. <laughs> yeah because you didn't get held accountable and now you can really see how much of a piece of shit you were. you can you can be a you can uh, you can say a sliver of honesty of how bad you were without revealing the whole pie.
1: Yeah, and it definitely has to do with the timing of these because if it would have happened today, if it would have happened, if he if not even happened, but if he would have been exposed a few years later, more towards the Me Too era, more towards when we're having these types of conversations, I think definitely more people will be holding him accountable.
0: Yeah, maybe we wouldn't have got so many dumbass expendable movies.
1: (laughs) I didn't watch those. (laughs) I didn't
0: either, but I was tired of seeing them bitches just on my TV as a trailer.
1: So we kind of took the scenic route to get here, but I never really heard of these allegations before against Arnold, the main scandal I heard about him was his love child. Love child. Which is a nicer word than I'm used to saying.
0: Illegitimate child? Illegitimate babies? Bastard? Oh, okay. I was 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 trying to go through all the ones I knew. Are they really that bad? I ain't gonna lie. Back in the day, just because it was funny, I I was always calling me and my siblings bastards.
1: Uh, Look, okay. Papa was a Rolling Stone, so... Hey. There has been rumors of him having, you know, my father having maybe a child out there. So I wasn't always the kindest to them. <laughs> <laughs> the bastards of the community.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, because you were made. You were made in a union. <laughs> you don't know our bastard pain. <laughs>
1: So after leaving the office in January of 2011, Arnold and Maria announced their separation.
0: Yeah, Maria, I'm looking at you sideways. I ain't said it, but I've been thinking it the whole time he's been going through these allegations. Maria, what the fuck are you hiding? What's going on in your life, girl? Anyway.
1: Maria's a good woman, don't you dare.
0: Yeah. When We know what them <laughs> good women do for their quote unquote good husbands.
1: So Arnold does confess to Maria during the therapy session that he had fathered a child with the maid 14 years ago. Arnold, according to his book, Total Recall, My Unbelievably True Life Story, Arnold says that Maria had asked him several times previously if he is a father to Joseph. If you've seen photos of Joseph as a child and now... He definitely looks like Arnold.
0: He's like a brown Arnold. <laughs> this this nigga's a brown Arnold. <laughs> of course, she kept looking at this little boy at the fucking uh, crew Christmas parties, and like something ain't right. So the <laughs> the thing is, murray, murray ain't real. Cause I'm gonna tell you what a real woman would have done: would have called Joseph over, gave him a cupcake. Snatched a piece of hair out the back of his goddamn head and then take one out of Arnold and would have already had that shit tested.
1: Well, you gotta think though, Arnold was governor and Maria is from the Kennedy. She knows how to keep that in house until they're out of office.
0: I, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying Maria was cool with all the cheating and all the screwing around and all this weird allegation stuff. But you know, some of you know. Them women, especially them wives, them proud wives draw the line at an illegitimate child.
1: Honestly, same.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jose, you a good woman and don't let nobody tell you different.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, like we were saying, it makes sense for Maria to ask. Yeah. So, a day after he leaves office, they go to therapy and Arnold had this to say. The minute we sat down, the therapist turned to me and said, Maria wanted to come here today and asked about a child, whether you fathered a child with your housekeeper, Mildred. Mildred. <laughs> Which she goes by Patty because Patricia's is her middle name, but we'll call her Mildred.
0: Dang, Patty, Patricia,
1: Patricia. <laughs> so I've seen some sources say just Maria and Arnold, but some say it was a family therapy session with the kids.
0: <laughs> I, know, I know them kids were sick to be in that room during that time.
1: At this point, the kids are teens or young adults, so old enough to understand Joseph is the product of Arnold and the maid, Mildred, Patricia Baina's affair.
0: I tell you, kids see everything. I bet them kids knew before they mama did.
1: So on that end, the family's finding out, and I don't know if it was Arnold finally want, wanting to claim his son, or if it was Maria who wanted to expose it, or maybe Mildred, but somehow the story gets leaked.
0: Wait, before you get into it, I think this was a calculated move on Arnold's part. I think that he was scared that Maria or somebody else would leak it, as well as he didn't want to come clean until after he was leaving office. It's it's very shysty, like, I finally completed all my dreams and done all my dirt, and I didn't want this exposed during any of my runs so I can finally be honest with my wife of decades and my children and tell them about this other child I have.
1: I agree. I do think it was calculated. I just don't know who calculated it.
0: I think Arnold calculated it, but somebody got the drop on him and leaked it, which, mm. I mean, good for them. But I think Arnold wanted to do this a very specific way without the public knowing, and at least not at first. But then, you know, it got wind of it. But I think this really would have hurt him before either his second run or first run. That's why he definitely didn't uh, want to be honest with his wife. I mean, 14 is such a weird age to try to be a father. I think it just coincided with him ending his political career, honestly. And he Definitely. Was like, It's about time. Uh, I've been with this woman for decades. So if she really leaves me, ain't no skin off my nose. My children are almost all grown up. So this is what we gonna do now.
1: Joseph at the time was in eighth grade and was in fifth or sixth period. And Mildred picks him up from school to avoid the fallout. At this point, Joseph has been made aware of who his father was by his grandmother. Uh, There have been debate on how long Arnold knew, and how long Joseph knew, and how long Mildred knew. I mean,
0: Mildred knew exactly. She knew who was up in there.
1: (laughs) Well, Mildred was married Mm -hmm. at the time of the affair, so she claimed she thought it was her now ex-husband's baby, but once he started growing, she realized he looks like Arnold.
0: Okay, that's kind of what I meant. It's like she knew like when she saw that baby.
1: Um, Joseph declined to comment on it when he did an interview for Men's Health, and Arnold was not able to be reached for comment. The age I see mostly is around seven or eight that Arnold knew that it was his son. Mm-hmm. Yet some other sources, when when you know, when it's like a close source says, you know, they say Arnold was privy to the situation since Joseph was a toddler.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, either way, it don't look good. You knew for years and you just was like, let me secretly be a part of his life, but not really.
1: So Mildred takes off to Texas with her son to avoid the media. But then this bitch does a magazine cover with Hello, magazine to tell her side of the story. (laughs) How do you feel about her posing with her son on a magazine, like putting him front and center? Do you think that was a wise decision on her part for a mother who wants to keep her son away from all this media frenzy?
0: No, it sounds like it was just the opposite. Maybe she wanted to get herself together before she made a statement. Because why are you leaving all these places, trying to make it safe for your son, and then literally plaster your son's face on a magazine that's going to be worldwide? That makes no sense to me.
1: It it even doesn't. Just
0: sharing your side of the story, you could do so without his face, his likeness. He's not even a like. He's not even sixteen, let alone a, a, an adult, and you are already. Putting him on blast and he's very recognizable
1: yeah i think if it would have just been secret love child that's enough for a scandal but to put her son on there i just remember that photo always being circulated and people like oh my god he looks just like him because now you have something to point at and like look look at this child as the part of this affair and it's i think it was a very stupid decision
0: I think it was a stupid decision, but I also think she got a hell of a payday. And I'm gonna tell you why. Back in the day when I was like really into like the paparazzi, like celebrities in magazines and shit, I used to read about how, you know, different magazines would <clears throat> do these bidding wars with celebrities to get their baby pictures. Ah. And so it was like, well, so-and-so offered me this much in this much. And then so and so offered me this much with a spread like this. You know, some people have total control. Some people don't. Some people only release one photo. Some people release a, a photo shoot. And yeah. I think that Mildred was probably offered X amount of dollars for her own story. And then if she was able to expose Joseph or do a cover shoot or whatever, she would get X amount of more dollars. And she decided to take that offer because why are you leaving with your son to protect him? But then within. Weeks change your, your tune, and now y'all are both on this magazine.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So the way Mildred tells it is that they had an affair when Arnold was filming Batman and Robin. Maria, Which everybody
0: and the, hates. I kind of like it.
1: I did too. <laughs> <laughs> Maria and the kids were on vacation, and Arnold came back and had an affair with Mildred. Mildred and Maria would be pregnant at the same time and bonding over that. Maria not knowing that their babies were (laughs) half-siblings. Again, from his book, Arnold says, instead of doing the right thing, I just put the truth into a mental compartment and locked it up where I didn't deal with it every day. I realized there was little doubt that he was my son.
0: But you Ar- locked the truth up. You ro- you locked your morality and values up with the way you deal with women and other things. I mean, you just was locking all types of shit up.
1: Arnold also decided to keep Mildred on as a housekeeper to control the situation.
0: Then locked a up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and she was the housekeeper for twenty years.
0: I know, like you, and you can't tell me that y'all would- that was one one and done affair. Now I got my secret mistress baby mama in the house with me. Okay, I mean, we'd be doing it everywhere if I'm that type of nasty person.
1: And that's what pisses me off. (laughs) We do it and you gotta clean it. Okay, not that. Like, it pisses me off that she's in their home, Maria's home, and they're fucking where Maria stays. They're not parading this child around, but she has a son that looks like Arnold more like Arnold than Maria's own children and uh-huh. it's just like how low can you go and I'm not being that harsh towards Mildred because Arnold's history and pattern are being a creep it yeah it's just an added element to the whole cheating thing that is disgusting
0: yes yeah, like Maria gossiping like yeah, me and Arnold had a time, and Mildred in her head like, yeah, we do. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's that whole thing of Arnold and Mildred being in on the secret of can't wait to Maria leave so we can fuck or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like,
0: it's so grimy. It's e- yeah, like you said, it's even more grimy and disgusting like than a regular cheating expedition.
1: In her own home, like, ugh. Mildred claims it wasn't until Joseph started growing up that she suspected Arnold might be the father. And Maria suspected it too. Mildred said in the Hello Magazine article that Maria would say things like, I'm here if you need to talk. And she Uh, continued with, and this is a direct quote, I sense something was up. I have so much love and respect for Maria. Finally, she asked point blank. She was strong. She tried and told me to get off my knees. We held each other and I told her it wasn't Arnie's fault. It takes two.
0: Bitch, we held each other. I'd hold you while I smacked her shit out of you.
1: Yeah, so it's not bad enough that you fucked her husband and he fucked you, like, whatever. But now she has to comfort the maid. Like, like say it like maybe? that. I don't
0: like how you said it like that, though. <laughs> don't, 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 don't say it like that, though. <laughs> the maid. Okay, calm down, calm down. I get it. It's Mildred, but you have to say the maid like that.
1: <laughs> my my inner Rachel Hollis came out or something.
0: <laughs> don't don't. But yeah, that is the
1: woman that cleans her toilets.
0: <laughs> I saw that clip the other day. <laughs> and never live it down. <laughs> She'll never live it down. <laughs> Cause she tried to walk it back so fast, but it was impossible. <laughs> Ooh, but yeah, I—that that is crazy to be like, oh, she was strong and I told her not to blame. Just hit. first of all, are you still capping for this nasty ass man? Like, first of all, y'all are both just trifling. You're, yeah, she has to comfort you and the this bitch had no, I don't mean to call Maria a bitch right now, but the point is that she had asked you point blank for years and you working at her house. Loki Marie should just been fired her, but I don't know if that's what Marie wanted to do or not. But
1: and you, she's you asking working Arnold. in my house. She's asking yeah, like, Arnold and he's saying no, no, no. Like fuck him and fuck Mildred. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: If I even think that you're messing around with my spouse I'll ask you, sure, but I'm still going to let you go. In fact, I won't even ask you until I let you go because I don't want you to sue me. (laughs) Well, either way.
1: (laughs) I tried to find when Mildred stopped working for them. And she still
0: does.
1: No, the only thing I could kind of find is that she retired in January of 2011 when the scandal came out. I don't know how accurate that is, but it's like what up to the day
0: yeah that's probably just them fudging it but i imagine that she got her walking papers soon after she admitted that you know arnold was the father of her child something tells me that she didn't keep coming in to clock in and do the work maybe they got like, gave her a little severance pack uh, severance package and she was on her way
1: maybe After finally finding out about the affair with the former maid, Maria does end up filing for divorce. And then Maria needed some time, so she went to live with the nuns in a... convent. And just to be in silence and get some guidance. She was pretty much told she couldn't stay there forever and that she needed to go find out who ever Maria really is. And Maria has always kind of felt like a background character. First she was a Kennedy, she was JFK's niece, and then she's been married to Arnold. And this is a little quote from Maria. If you, as a child, are standing next to the President of the United States, two U.S. Senators, and the First Lady, nobody is looking at you. You are a background noise. And you take that with you really through life, and you end up putting yourself in situations where that continues until you learn your lesson. She talks about how she hates standing there if it was her uncle or husband and people would come up to them and completely ignore her. So while Arnold is a total piece of shit, Maria did kind of finally learn to just maria not a kennedy or arnold's wife
0: well yeah i mean congratulations to her for figuring out who she was after going through all that goddamn turmoil for decades and being born into the family that she was but that's a hell of a ride to get there uh, i personally just would have never dated a piece of shit and married him and just would have got with a regular old man but maybe that wasn't the kennedy way <laughs>
1: As for Joseph, he seems to be in contact with his father, Arnold. Arnold said in 2012, The important thing that everyone should know is that I take care of him, I take care of his mother, and I fulfill my responsibility, and I'm glad to do that.
0: Girl, ba, shut your ass up. Yes, you do all that now, but where were you when this motherfucker was born? When you was cheating on your wife, and you created him, and all this other stuff, girl... People kill me with that retroactive account of quote unquote accountability. Well, I I do this and I do that, and blah blah blah. And nobody, everybody should know that everything is fine. It wasn't like 20 years ago, you piece of shit. And you're still nasty. Just because you take care of the child that you had outside of your marriage does not absolve you from the racial, misogynistic assault that you have caused upon. I'm going to just allegedly say hundreds because I just feel like you're just nasty.
1: Especially if he's that open about it where all these, you know, guys are laughing with him.
0: When you explain away disgusting, like, sexual advances as, like, um, jokes and just made in jest, it just tells me everything about you already. You just everything isn't serious until it's serious. And then it's not serious because you were just playing.
1: (laughs) And I don't know how much Joseph is in contact with his siblings. I know he wasn't at Catherine and Chris Pratt's 2019 wedding. And from what I saw, they don't seem to be in any photos together. Uh, Catherine had made a post about siblings day and it was about her and her three siblings, not including Joseph, which people did call her out on the comments about it, but it's like, I don't know if that was me, I could be Joseph's friend, even though it's not his fault. Uh... Like, I think that's a lot to ask of someone, to just say, you're the brother, and but you're technically why our family broke up
0: yeah but not him ouch not him i don't know i i get what people
1: i I just think that's more of a personal family matter (laughs) and people online should not have their opinions on if they should be talking to him or if not
0: yes i i i can give it to i give you that i also think that that's just how the family is is that they, I think Arnold sees his uh, his children with Maria as one type of relationship and his um, relationship with Joseph as another. I don't think that they overlap. And I think it's clear from the optics that they don't. You only see Joseph with Arnold. You don't see him put, pictured with anybody else in that family. No. Which, granted, that is his main tie is his father you know his sisters and well his sister and brother don't have to have a relationship with him but it
1: just
0: sucks because like you said this isn't really joseph's thing he didn't ask to be here he didn't ask to have the parents that he did at the time and them have the relationship that they did at the time it's just everybody dealing with their circumstances
1: yeah in 2021 10 years after they filed maria and arnold do end up divorcing i saw some of the reasons were a lack of motivation dividing properties up and because maria's faith since she is a catholic and against divorce arnold and maria have been spotted together but it's more about them being there for their kids and that's the only time we really see them together
0: well i mean good for you maria get your piece i hope he was getting you another type of piece out there too <laughs> couple pieces, girl. Reese's pieces, bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. But also, it's just like, I don't know. Sometimes I just wish I had faith the way other people do. <laughs> like, I I can't do this. I'm Catholic. Mm-hmm, psych, I'll do anything <laughs> I want. I'm just never tethered to things like that. I'm, I'm more tethered to, like, my actual morals and values and the people who treat me like an actual human being. Than I am about. Let's not even get into that conversation. But like I said, I'm 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 jealous that I don't have that type of faith.
1: Yeah, sometimes me too. Um, but that is all for Arnold. Like I said, it was supposed to be a hodgepodge of more of the celebrities, but I, I I think the allegations need to come out on this episode too
0: oh yeah i'm glad you included the full story i mean we didn't even get into how racist this man was but i should have known it when you said he was the son of a nazi yeah making jewish jokes and convincing his black friends he's not racist because he has black friends psych all the good racists have black friends it's the camouflage they're disgusting this. <laughs>
1: But we do like to end every episode on a positive note with some form of media we want to recommend, talk about, explore, shit on. Do you, do you want to go first or should I, I read Trisha's first?
0: God damn. God damn. I'm sorry. Speaking of Trisha, I have me and Trisha's cats who are sisters here. These motherfuckers are the most cutest cats and most annoying fucking cats ever. Sometimes they love each other and sometimes they hate each other. Okay.
1: That's cats.
0: I know, I hate it. Uh, That's cats for you, baby! (laughs) Uh, I'll do a quick little song. Uh, What am I listening to? What am I listening to? What am I listening to?
1: Well, I have mine, and I have Trisha's. (laughs) You want to go last. Sure. Okay. Trisha says, greeting Jose and Katrina. And I'm pretty (laughs) sure Trisha has said this one before. But she said, "I wanted to share my media with y'all. It's the movie Straight Out of Compton. Compton. I can't say that word. Compton.
0: What are we, Com- What are you trying to say? Comdomp. Comtom.
1: What are you saying? It's the movie Straight Out of Compton. I. Why is it coming out weird? Okay. Whoa. The movie focuses on the rise and fall of the rap group, NWA. My favorite song by them would be Gangsta Gangsta. I love biopics since I was a child, and this one was one of the best. Thanks for all the wonderful, funny content, listening to Save Your Story is always a highlight to my day.
0: I agree. I did, uh, when I finally watched Straight Outta Compton, it was a good movie. They left out a lot of stuff, but that's what happens when the founders do the movie. They don't they, they don't want to put all the bad stuff in there that they did, but I, yeah. I enjoyed it.
1: They want people to like them.
0: Exactly. You have to be likable to sell the story. And did yes. you ever see Straight Outta Compton?
1: I did not. I did not.
0: It's not really your type of movie.
1: No, I can't even say it.
0: <laughs> Straight out of Compton. Compton. What's your media? So.
1: My media is the Miranda Lambert song, The House That Built Me. I like Miranda Lambert. We both were more fans of hers when she was in the Pistol Annie's. Yes. But I do tune into her every now and then. And one day I was doing some cleaning and I'm playing music and the song comes on. And I'm, you know, I'm just singing for the world. And then (laughs) I just start crying. And I think it was the line... My favorite dog is buried in the yard. Damn. But I realized how fortunate and privileged I am to have a childhood home that my dad owns. When I think about that blue house, and I feel like that's what that song was, you know, brought up those emotions, Mm -hmm. I I just feel safe. And no matter what, how long I haven't lived there and how much it changes, I always view that as my home. My father has many faults, but one good thing he has done is he has always made us feel comfortable and that we could come back anytime and whatever. No shade to my mom, but I never felt that way in any of her homes. It was always don't eat that because it belongs to so-and-so, whoever she was dating or living with at that time. Mm -hmm. Don't mess up the pillows on the couch. So-and-so doesn't like it it was pretty much stated that it was so-and-so's house, and I always felt like a guest in my own home growing up. And I always hated that feeling, but back to my dad's house. It was always open, and anytime I have moved out, he's always like, you can come back whenever you want. And besides the feeling of peace and at being at home, I also have this big feeling of pride. Because my dad came to the United States undocumented when he was 16. So he could work, you know, he worked really hard to be able to pay this house off. He He's always fixing it up. He's always improving it, changing this, changing that. And so when I see it, I do feel safe and at home. But I also feel a lot of pride because I feel like, you know, it's the house that my dad has made for his family.
0: That was beautiful.
1: Thank you. You've been in there.
0: I fucking love your house. <laughs> I've been all of been through the house. I love it. I just, great memories. Uh, your father's a great person. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. it's just
1: I, I was talking to people and I was like, oh, I said something about childhood home and they said they didn't really have one. I'm like, oh. And I realized a lot of people don't have a childhood home. You know, they move yeah. around or Yeah. They rent, and just to have a home that, you know, my dad, he came here when he's 16. He maybe went to sixth grade, if that, in Mexico, and he just, he worked really hard. I I just, anytime I see that house and the work he puts in it, it it just reminds me of, like, how far he's come. Yeah,
0: and a lot of people can't, can't and have never had to put in that type of work to get what they have. And he just did it double time. He has a lot of things that people who were straight born in America don't or probably won't ever have. So
1: kudos to him. And my dog's ashes are there. So I think that's why that line in the song got me.
0: (laughs) I was just, I didn't want to mention it, but I was like, when you said that, I was like, oh, I feel so bad.
1: Yeah, I think that's why it got me. And just like every little thing I see about that house, like there's a tree that my sister brought home when she was in elementary school, and it was probably maybe a foot tall. Like, it wasn't tall at all. It Mm -hmm. was like, you know, a stick with a few leaves. And now it's in the front yard. It's really tall, and it's like, damn. That tree has been there almost as long as me.
0: (laughs) Exactly.
1: But that's my media. The house that built me.
0: Okay. Um, Mine is... I think I've probably taught... I'm just going to say... Well, let me just go into it. So my media is Anita Baker's Greatest Hits. Um, I probably mentioned a song or two individually, but I'm just going to say the greatest hits thing just as a cop-out so I can just talk about me introducing, well, me being introduced to Anita Baker. So I remember the year was like 2004 and me and my family were living in apartments and um we used to have, I'm not even gonna lie, we were like, like honestly, there was an era of our family being like poor and broke, but we were low key like ghetto fabulous. <laughs> like we 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 were broke and everything, you know, we got food stamps, but we uh we had a <laughs> we had a washer and a dryer, we had our uh our our generic big screen TVs, and we had a game system. It was like we're in, we're in uh, poverty, but we have stuff that other people didn't have. So um, we had this big stereo system on our kitchen table and uh, tons of CDs. We had, this is when we had our biggest DVD collection and I really started to get into movies and music. And my grandmother, my grandmother on my mother's side had uh, this Anita Baker CD. And i was probably familiar with her of course heard her songs on the radio but on the cd when i first heard it i was just obsessed the first song is angel and i was just done i think even before i fell in love with sweet love angel was my number one anita baker song and then she has this like gospel song with the whinings called um ain't no need to worry and um I've, I've probably stated on this podcast before, despite me not having a lot of religious uh, connection in my life any longer, I do have spiritual beliefs. And when times do get hard, I do kind of lean on gospel music because I, I love that connection specifically to the church and specifically to like mostly the black people who sing gospel music and they're, they're just their voices and the way that they – execute their tone and emotions through their voices and stuff like that and anita baker is just a fantastic singer songwriter she has some great hits and um i just knew that i was going to be a fan for life when i had that cd when i first discovered you know uh, us having like these dvds and um cd players that we bought that was when i was really just into music completely. You know, that was the same year I got my Sierra CD, my Monica CD, The Fray, Alicia Keys, like 2004 to 2000 like 5 and 6 is when I was really into music and artists that I'm still listening to to this day.
1: Interesting. It was your musical awakening.
0: Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Pretty much. You know, it, it was cuz it we weren't we had internet was becoming popular, but we didn't get dial tone, dial tone. We didn't get dial up for a while. So it was just the radio. And then when we got our stereo and we got all those CDs, I really started to like actually listen to music that wasn't just playing on the radio all the damn time. Expanded my (laughs) mind and I got to hear other people. I got to hear the songs that weren't fucking singles. And you just kind of get a new appreciation for everything. And you're just like a, a kid.
1: Yeah, I think the when you realize that there's more than singles, that opens up a whole new world to you. I know. More than the radio hits.
0: Exactly, And then you start being like the professor. Like, did you even know that that's not even her best song? And <laughs> did you even hear the reprise on the album? And what do you mean? What about the remix? Well, you only heard this version. Oh, peasant.
1: Peasant. i knew about this way before you knew about
0: That's, it man i i could i in a little bit i'm still kind of that way where it's like if i know something i kind of have to say it it's going to be stuck in my head like if i know a trivia fact or if i know this isn't the real song or yeah i'm still kind of like that
1: i <laughs> i always have to point out though that i am like that even though i like try to move away from like the hipster i was i knew it before i was cool or it was cool or whatever Mm-hmm. Um but like Lizzo, I knew her before it was cool. So <laughs> <laughs> you, you you put the motherfuckers foot down. <laughs> like that is one. Like I remember a phone. I used to love phone.
0: Really? Yeah. You never told me about Lizzo. Was you af- was you afraid I was gonna be offended?
1: <laughs> no, it's just I don't know. It's, I just I knew Lizzo. And then when she started popping off, I was like, damn, they played mm-hmm. her old stuff again.
0: Yep. That's, that's how great she kind of was. Got all her, retro, all her all her old songs retroactively on the Hot 100.
1: But and yeah. every time I have to say, oh, I knew about this before.
0: I was going to say, look, <laughs> you, you were the first hipster I ever knew. Ugh. And I was with you before, during, and after your hipster phase.
1: Those were the days.
0: You were you you had it on lock. I, I'm gonna tell y'all out there, H- Jose was the best hipster ever. He had it that he had the look and the attitude down pat.
1: No one could date keep like me. No one.
0: <laughs> no one. <could laughs>
1: I'm
0: sorry, you, you're you're killing me here.
1: <laughs> I remember recently someone. T- we were talking about gatekeeping. I'm like, okay, where well, some gatekeeping is okay. Like, we we need some of it.
0: I agree. Sometimes everybody having access to everything is not a good thing.
1: That's the whole purpose of a gate.
0: Keep, Keep these them out. Let out. them in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think that's our media, though.
0: Yep. Ah, uh, that's all I have to say.
1: I Check do. Out Anita
0: Baker. If you don't, if you don't listen to Anita Baker, I mean. I'm
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do love the name Anita. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I I like names like that, like Anita, Vernita. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, there's one on TikTok.
0: I know a couple oh, of Vernitas.
1: Her, her name's Funita. I love that name. It's I don't know why it's the the Ida, the Rita.
0: You need something in your life, Ida.
1: Uh huh. And I used to always say. I need a cigarette. (laughs) Anita.
0: You did. You used to be on them cigarettes. Uh, Did y'all know Jose used to be on the cigarettes and dragged me down with him?
1: I did. Did you start smoking? (laughs) Uh,
0: Dark. Dark.
1: You know, if it was just a lung thing, I don't think I would quit. I think the reason I quit was because after I whitened my teeth, I was like... (sighs) These bad boys can't get yellow again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you mean, you always keep you in check.
1: Anytime I like smoke a cigarette here and there, you know, I only smoke like a 1950s housewife, very stylish, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: I always think, oh, this is gonna damage my teeth. And then it gets in your pores and your skin. I'm like, no. no. Yeah. Just no.
0: I, th- I think I've only like for a um more than a day or t- or a week. I only went back to smoking uh, during the pandemic, and then mm. I didn't like how it made me feel. Like I didn't even finish the pack. I got I got the old reliable blue Camel Crush. I was, probably smoked about five of them, and I just was not feeling them. And then I gave them away.
1: My but, problem is when I do smoke them, I do I'm feeling them.
0: Oh yeah, and don't let us be drinking when you smoking.
1: Uh, you're smoking. You'll pound them babies. That's the only time I do it now. I usually go to a bar maybe once every other week, and I always have to buy, like, someone who has cigarettes a drink, because I'm like, can I buy your drink so I can have some cigarettes? (laughs) So I'm I'm not just bumming. They're like, here, you can just have them. I'm like, no, no.
0: I'll tell you this. Jose can work out a bar plan. This man is smart. (laughs) He knows who to ask what for, when, and why. We got to go with Jose.
1: I never bring anything with me, but, you know, it's just that episode of The Office where Dwight is, like, trying to sell, like, a used candle for something. Yes. That's me.
0: <laughs> I
1: believe <laughs> but I feel like we just going to keep talking, so we do have to end this.
0: Yeah, some people got to work tomorrow.
1: Yeah, not I. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's been wonderful, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Were you surprised about these allegations about Arnold? Last mm-hmm. name, not going to say.
0: <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: Yeah. Um, Let us know. Leave us a review. Five stars. Is yes, it we
0: appreciate... I-, I just recently went through some of the uh, latest reviews that I hadn't seen, and we appreciate them very much. You're very sweet, very kind, and so nice, and I hope that anybody who reviewed it is still listening, and if you haven't reviewed it, I hope one day you decide to. I hope we really give you an episode one day where you're like, oh, shit, I really got to write this shit down. So, you
1: anyway. know what's going to happen? People are going to listen to 99 episodes and then one episode where they do something bad and, or like misspeak or like <laughs> say something wrong. And they're like, one star. I used to love these guys. Now, fuck them.
0: Finally, I've been waiting to open up on these bitches. <laughs> I like those low key too. Come on, give me some smoke. <laughs>
1: Um, but please leave us a review Please leave us five stars Wherever you can Send us an email at saviorsorry@gmail.com. at gmail.com Our Instagram same thing Save your sorry
0: uh-huh. And our
1: Twitter is save your sorry But the your is spelled you are mm-hmm. And that's all of it guys That's really all of it We've made it You've yep. made it We've done it You have accomplished something today Thank you It's been yes. wonderful Bye
0: See ya